good morning. Come on, just put your hands together for King Jesus. He's in this place. Uh, for those who don't know who I am, Dan Leanne, born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. That's the reason my voice is this way. Uh, my mother and father are Malaysian Chinese. That's the reason my beautiful face is this way. Uh, but now I get to live in Anderson, South Carolina, where I get to serve uh, as a teaching pastor at New Spring Church. We have 14 campuses around the state of South Carolina. So if you're looking for humidity right now, uh, come to South Carolina. It's all there. Uh, and if you have a free Sunday, pop into one of our campuses, make yourself at home. Uh, we would love, love, love to serve you. Um, I love um, the Hamaya family. Pastor Alex, Pastor Meredith, just aesthetically pleasing as a couple. Like, just... You know what I'm saying? A little bit of that kind of Middle Eastern George Clooney vibe about Pastor Alex. Um, but in all seriousness, to see a family worship together. And it gets, you can't fake that stuff. And um, when the Bible talks about the qualifications of someone who's going to lead the house of God, there was a reason why at the top of the list, someone who can manage their household. Now, that doesn't mean every single pastor is going to have a perfect family. I'm a testimony to that reality. Uh, but it does speak to uh, the fact that um, you have to, first and foremost, pour your energy, your heart, your attention, your prayer into the thing that God has entrusted to you, first and foremost, your family. And if you can check that right, if you can check that off, if you can get that right, then you can focus in on the house of the Lord. I want to honor you, Pastor Alex, Pastor Meredith, for doing that in such an outstanding way. That is the reason why this place feels like a home. And uh, I'm kind of like a guest speaker, kind of not. Like I'm the cool Asian cousin that rolls in once a year. Um, but I'm going off script. I want to let you know that um, there are many people here in this building, watching online, even in one of our campuses, who have joined the Battle Creek family in the last year, and you're not quite sure what it is that drew you here. There's something that makes your heart beat faster. There's something about this space that makes um, your faith rise, uh, your joy really bloom. I want to tell you, uh, it's the fact that this is a family that's led by spiritual mothers and fathers, and you have found a home. So put your roots down deep and grow up big and strong because we got a city to transform. So God bless you. Thank you so much for being just an incredible model church. Um, I, I've, got a, I've got a word for you today. Is that cool? Uh, it's, not, it's not one of my travel messages. This is, uh, th we've kind of graduated, all right? Uh, my, my standard play is like write four really good talks, uh, show up in a church, uh, and kind of just really press into the heart of God regarding which track I need to play, and I play it. Okay, you're not going to get that. All right, you're going to get some like kind of experimental, developmental kind of. Is that cool? Because we're family right now. Trust me, it's going to be fun. Because this week I was praying about this service, and. Um, um, I, Pastor Alex was like ghosting me for the week. I'm texting him going, 
So I'm in California. I'm preaching my heart out. I've got some time to prepare, and I need to kind of get an eye. And he's like up on a roof somewhere, squeegeeing water. Side note, that's where we were last night, 9 p.m. last night. You've got a pastor who's going to be out in a church parking lot praying that the clouds don't cover. I'm serious, 9 o'clock last night. You've got the kind of pastor who would, who would send a guest speaker up onto a roof with a squeegee. And he said, just share something that God puts on your heart. So I took that to heart. So I started pressing into the heart of God, and I really feel that he gave me a word for Battle Creek. So can I just read it to you? This is something that the Holy Spirit stirred in me for you. Battle Creek, um, God wants to restore your joy. Battle Creek Church and all of your campuses and everyone who considers this place home. God wants to restore your joy. He wants your homes and your marriages, your relationships, your businesses to be filled with laughter again. Like in Psalm 30, verse 11, he wants to turn mourning into dancing. He wants to peel off your sackcloth, and he wants to clothe you with joy, the joy that the enemy stole in the last year. He wants to return to you with interest like you've never, ever experienced it before. And the joy that Battle Creek is going to display the joy that comes from Jesus will in time become one of the greatest testimonies of the reality of a good and living God who's living inside our hearts and in this house. God wants to restore your joy. Joy is a funny concept. It's hard to specifically define. We can turn to the Bible and, and look at the, the Hebrew root of the word, the, the Greek explanation of the word, but the reality is the word joy is hard to definitively define, is difficult to encapsulate fully. But everyone in this room right now knows what it's like to have it. Everyone here in this room can see someone who is overflowing with joy, and they can pick it. Come on, everyone knows what it's like to have a lot of joy and be losing it. Unfortunately, there are way too many people in the journey who know what it's like to have joy once upon a time and not know where to find it. And it's important for us, dare I say, imperative for us as a faith community to talk about joy because, yes, on one hand, it is a glorious apologetic to a broken and divided world regarding how it really looks to walk with Jesus. But specifically, individually, your soul needs joy. Because God designed your soul in such a way to operate off joy. That's the reason the Bible tells us in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. It is fuel for your soul. With joy, it's amazing how much you can get through. With joy, it's amazing how many mountains you can climb, how many valleys you can trudge through, how many issues you can solve, how many roofs you can keep clear of water. It's amazing when you have joy 
how much easier life becomes. But we all know what it's like trying to do life without joy. Every molehill becomes a mountain. Every valley becomes a dark pit. You feel like you'll never get out again. With joy, you can take on the world. Without joy, life is a struggle indeed. And here's the good news. The God who designed your soul to operate off joy is the same God who promises you to restore joy when you lose it. That's the reason in Psalm 51, David would declare, hey, you restore my joy. Come on, you can do it, God. Restore unto me the joy of salvation. I'm turning to you because you made me in such a way that I need to operate off joy. I've lost it, but I can find it afresh and anew with you. Restore to me joy. So I speak this out in faith. If you walked in here today like a two out of 10 in the joystakes, you walking out of here like a nine out of 10, and then you're gonna hit Cracker Barrel and it's gonna take you all the way up to a 10. <laughs> Come on, I'm serious. If your smile has been a little bit rare in the last couple of months, I'm telling you now, it's gonna become commonplace in the days ahead. I'm telling you, there's going to be some laughter. There's going to be some connection within married couples like you haven't experienced in months. God is restoring joy for Paddle Creek here in this season. Can someone say a good amen to that? So let me pray and we're going to talk about joy. Dear Jesus, restore our joy. Amen. What do you do? When you see that little light go off on your dashboard, you know that little fuel tank warning light, you know what I'm talking about? All the Tesla people here in this room don't understand that, but for all us normal people who have cars that operate off the thing that God intended cars to operate off, oil. What do you do when you see that little fuel light go off on your dashboard? Do you do what my wife does? like a wise, insightful, intelligent human being. Do you see that as an indicator that you need to pull over and find a gas station and fill your tank up with gas? Or do you do what I do? See it as the beginning of the game. <laughs> How many more miles can I squeeze out of this tank? You know what I'm saying? My dash, like kind of, it reading like kind of, I've got 60 miles left, but it really, there's at least 160 left in this tank. And if I feather that accelerator going up hills and take my feet off the accelerator going down the hills, I'm sure I can squeeze more out of this. And heaven forbid, I saw gas cheaper a couple of days ago because I refuse to pull into a gas station until I find gas that cheap again. What do you do? Do you pull over or do you do what I do? See it as the beginning of the game. How's your joy tank looking right now? Come on, let's be real. How is your joy tank looking right now? Are you overflowing? Is it evident in your life? If I pulled your family aside and asked them about how much joy you're displaying day by day, what kind of joy you bring into your household, what would they say? Are you brimming with joy? Are you kind of doing okay? You're running kind of like, you know, around that middle of the, uh, you know, mid-tank kind of vibe, like kind of, you know, you're not doing terrible, you could be doing better, or are you running low? Because the reality is all of us as a human race have been knit together by this common thread. We have all gone through an experience collectively 
in the last 15 months that has caused us to burn through joy at an unprecedented rate. I would go as far to say it's been harder in the last year and a half to live a life buoyed by joy than I've ever experienced in my 45 years of life. The fear, what's around the corner, we've never experienced this before as a humanity. The frustration, it feels like everyone is kind of just going a little bit crazy and I'm not sure about this person in charge or that person making this call. The frustration, the division. You know, the, 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 I, I used to kind of have a relationship here, but now it's been strained and it's gone beyond strain. Now it's fallen apart and, and that's broken my heart. Come on, the, the loss of income or, or, or finance. Hey, you know what? I was like kind of a smooth sailing at the start of 2020 and then our boat got rocked and a lot of people are chugging in the right direction right now, but we haven't got back on our feet yet. There have been so many things that have come into our journeys that have attacked our joy and robbed our joy. And it's had impact on our marriages. It's had impact on our families. It's had impact on the way that we, we run our businesses. It's had impact in the way we even carry ourselves. Come on, let's be real. There are a lot of people right now who are running really low in the joy stakes. And I see it time and time again. In fact, the reason I, I wrote this message this week is as someone who kind of cruises around the world and talks about Jesus, on my, uh, on my business card it says Gospel Ninja. It means I show up somewhere on this blue rock that God made each weekend and I, make, like, I make a mess and then I leave before I have to clean up. I see it all the time. My eyes are small, but they're surprisingly strong. <laughs> that we as a church have gone through a catastrophic event. And you all don't notice it because you're in here week in, week out. This is your every day and every week norm. But as someone who basically sees churches like kind of once a year, you can notice the difference. Confidence has been lost. Smiles have faded. Laughter's been turned down. For many people, joy is gone. And right now, if we would have a really honest conversation, there'd be many people who would have to testify to the fact that this last year has been a wrecking ball to the soul. And it's been a while since I felt overwhelmed with abounding joy. But remember the good word that God wants to bring to you this weekend that's gonna impact you even tonight, that's gonna to flow into next week and it's going to become a testimony for you forever. Come on, that our God, amen, is in the business of restoring joy. Hey, Chip and Joanna ain't got nothing on my God when it comes to restoration. He is into restoring joy. So here's the question. If my joy tank is running low, how do I get it topped up? Not just on a... Sunday morning by a funny Asian guy with a cool accent with massive arms, but how do I? <laughs> in the quiet of my dark night, see my joy restored. Where does joy come from? Point one, first and foremost, joy comes from the presence of Jesus. Come on, smile, that's really good news. 
Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 tells us, for the fruit of the Spirit, and that is Jesus with us every single day, is love and joy. Come on, smile. That's really good news. This means that the joy that you can experience in your life, the joy that is an inner strength, that joy that is an inner gladness, that joy that is a fuel that empowers your soul to trudge through the deepest swamp of circumstance isn't dependent on your circumstances, your personality, your proclivity, your propensities. No, it is predicated on the presence of Jesus. And as if the news wasn't good enough, it gets better. You can have as much of God's presence as you want. Come on, smile. This is really good news. Because there are way too many people in the world who think that their joy is governed by their personalities. It's just the way that I am, and it's just the way people are. Dan, I can tell you're one of those joy-filled kind of people. You know what I'm saying? Glass half full kind of people. You know, there's a silver lining behind every... I hate you kind of people. But there are some people who are full of joy. And there are some people who think, I can't have much joy because it's just the way I am. It's my personality. I'm out here hanging out. I've got RBF. You know what RBF is? Resting bitter face. And, And you're going... I don't know what you thought it was, but <laughs> seriously, there's some people who think that they just go through life and it's the way that God made them. That's a lie. Because your joy isn't based upon your personality. Come on, the joy that you experience in your life is based on the person of Jesus and how much of his presence, come on, you experience. And remember, here's the good news. You can have as much of his presence as you want. Come on, smile. This is really good news. Because this means that our joy isn't dependent on our circumstances or what's going on around us. It's based upon the presence of Jesus. And that's the difference between happiness and joy, basically. Happiness is a high feeling you get dependent on the happenings around you. That's where the word happiness comes from. It's connected to your happenings. It's outside in. So if things are going your way, you feel happy, happy, happy. If things aren't going your way, you're feeling sad, sad, sad. Stock market's going good, happy, happy, happy. Stock market is crashing, sad, sad, sad. Your Bitcoin is flying high, happy, happy, happy. What is Bitcoin? Sad, sad, sad. You know what I'm saying? The thunder are playing well, happy, happy, happy. Thunder are playing bad, sad, sad, sad. You know what I'm saying? Up and down, down and up. That's the reason I always say that I like happiness, but I don't need happiness. Come on, I need joy. And and come on, and joy isn't outside in. Come on, joy is inside out. Joy is the fruit of experiencing the presence of Jesus. And irrespective of what goes on around me, the storm that rages, the rain that falls, the things that don't go my way, my Jesus, our Jesus remains the same. Smile. This is good news. You can have as clear as a phone ringing in a quiet room as much of Jesus' presence as you want. I feel there are some people here who have tried to deal with circumstances and difficult situations in their life over the last year by trying to power their way through it, trying to muscle their way through it. You know, trying to 
trying to use their experience uh, to, to think their way through things. But the reality is we don't need more strength and we don't need more muscle and your experience is cool but we all know it only goes so far come on we need more of his presence that brings about great joy that helps us stand with confidence come on in the midst of the battle and as we walk forward we become a greater testimony of his glory and his goodness can someone say a good amen to that you can have as much of his presence as you want that's the reason getting to church on a Sunday morning is so important. To all my friends watching online right now, hey, we're so happy that you're taking time this week to catch, you know, catch up with this message, and, and it's so cool right now. You're you know, in, in your living room, or you're hanging out, driving your car, make sure you're watching this safely. But the reality is, as cool as it is to engage online, there are just some things that you can't get until you get together. Come on, with the family of God. And one of those things is where two or three are gathered in His name, you experience His presence in a unique way. You can have Jesus every day in your household, but it just hits different. Come on, when you get to the house of God. That's the reason it's good to praise. That's the reason it's good to worship. It's not just Jesus karaoke to warm us up for a message. It is literally inviting the presence of Jesus to manifest before our very eyes. That's the reason your problems seem smaller when your hands are lifted higher. Come on, as you experience His presence, joy blooms. Joy, first and foremost, comes from the presence of Jesus. Point number two, joy also comes from perspective. Joy also comes from perspective. Depending on the angle you look at a situation, you will either see joy bloom in your life or fade in your life. That's the reason in the book of James chapter one, it tells us to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Or in other words, there's a situation going on, and depending on how you look at this situation, you can either see lots of joy or no joy at all. You can see a pathway into greater joy or basically a wasteland where you can't taste joy. Depending on your perspective, consider it pure joy. But the, the perspective you take. Namely, the perspective that, but the, the difference between like a perspective of gratitude or a perspective of grumbling will either bring joy into a situation or suck all the joy out of that environment. Let me give you an example over the last two hours of your life, how joy can basically bloom in your life or bust in your life. The last two hours, just think about it. You can wake up in the morning and, ah, oh, here it is. It's Sunday and it rained last night and I didn't sleep real good. And I woke up and I got a bad back. Oh, my back is sore. Oh, well, I got to go to church because it's the family thing to do. And so here I am. I'm going to go. I'm going to grab a little breakfast. I'm going to open up the fridge and here I am to get some cereal. Who drunk all the milk? Who drunk all the cow milk? God goes the cow for the cow milk. And I got some oat milk here. I got myself some almond milk here. I got no cow milk here. I like me some cow milk. Oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink my, I'm gonna have some almond milk. And so here I am, I'm going, I'm getting dressed in them. And here, I'm, my Sunday outfit, it hasn't been washed, it hasn't been pressed. I got this other outfit that I gotta wear, so I'm gonna put this outfit on. And here I am, I'm driving to church. And I kinda like COVID because all of the traffic was gone. But now COVID is over, all the traffic is back. And I'm kinda angry. And here I am, I'm rolling into church. 
church this morning and I get into the auditorium and someone is sitting in my seat. Don't they know that I've been at this church for so many years and that's my seat and someone's sitting in my seat and here I am. Now I'm singing songs and these guys got way too much energy for my liking. I don't know. I don't, I don't like, he's too happy. That guy's too excited. I don't know. And this song, I just don't theologically agree with that line. I don't know if that's really a theologically correct line. And I've got an Asian guy yelling at me for no good reason. I'm having a terrible morning. Can you feel the joy leak out of the room? Or you could flip it. You can look through the lens of grumbling or you can look through the lens of gratitude. And you wake up in the morning and you're kind of going, oh my, there was rain last night, but thank God something needed watering. And here I am, oh, I've got a bad back. But you know what? A bad back just reminds me that I didn't die in my sleep last night. And here I am, I'm looking in the fridge and there's no cow milk, but thank God someone worked out where the udders are on those almonds and made me some almond milk. And so here I am and I'm driving and yes, there's traffic around, but that reminds me that the world is getting back to normal. And here I am at church, someone is sitting in my my seat. Praise God, because everyone who usually comes along to church knows that's my seat. So someone who doesn't usually come along to church is in church today. And here I am, and we're worshiping God, and I don't know this song, but I'm just like riding along because that, that kid, he's a good looking kid. And I like kind of going on. And this Chinese guy, I don't understand a word he's saying, but I like his energy, man. I like his energy. Can you see? Can you feel the difference? <laughs> Do that every day. Do it when you go to work. Do it when you see your bride in the morning. Do it when you're feeling a little bit of tension with your teenagers. Hey, 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 do it when you look at your numbers at the end of the month and, and they didn't turn out as great as you hoped they would. Take that perspective. And I promise you, Joy will rise. Eradicate that spirit and that lens of grumbling and fix forever the lens of gratitude and you will see pure joy in every single trial. Someone say a good amen to that. Thirdly, lastly, write this one down. Joy doesn't only come from the presence of Jesus and you can have as much of his presence as you want. It doesn't only come from perspective, taking on that lens of gratitude. It also comes from persevering. One of my favorite verses, sister, is like Romans chapter 15. It tells us that, that we get to like, have the God of hope fill us with joy and peace as we trust in him. There's a transaction that takes place. Every single time I make a decision not to run away, but to stand firm, joy fills my soul. Every single time I choose gratitude over grumbling, joy fills my soul. Every single time I choose faith over fear, joy fills my soul. May the God of hope fill you with great peace and joy as you trust in Him. Twenty twenty was painful for all of us, but I'm going to let you know, I'm never one to complain. As like in my journey as a pastor and a preacher, 
I've never ever complained about how my life is great. You know, like I get to wear sweatpants during the day. I'm reading my Bible and I'm like kind of just, I'm doing my work. And there are people out here with real jobs who are out there. So I've never complained. But this last year has been the most difficult year in my ministry life. Because people that I walked through premarital counseling with, I actually basically knit together in matrimony, looked at me and said that you're being all this and you're being all that and I'm leaving your church. It was so difficult in this environment to to try to love everyone because loving one group of people meant that you hated another group of people and then trying to try to empathize with this one group of people had another group of people saying that you were... It was crazy. And it was hard because this is what I kind of do for a living. And so for a whole year when everyone's sending you emails going, I'm so sorry, we'll have to pivot I hate that word pivot and so financially our family gets hit and to top it all off I get COVID and not like that cool like you know college student COVID that kind of oh I had a bit of a runny nose and then kind of I felt better the day after you know I'm, I'm talking about oh man I thought I was gonna die kind of COVID There was a week where the only thing that made me feel kind of okay was to lie on my couch and groan. My wife who had it as well, just could, she could only handle so much. So after two days, she said, you either go upstairs, close the door or go out into the street and die because I can't handle this anymore. (laughs) I'm going, babe, we made vows in sickness and in health. And she says, no one really means them anyway. I'm like, oh my goodness. It was so painful. I don't know if anyone had it. It was like, I'd never experienced so many aches and pains and I don't have the highest pain threshold as it is, but I'm like, whoa. And the worst part was, because you didn't know what it was and you're being told all the time that it's going to kill everyone. You're just surmising, it's going to kill me. And so I remember one night, I'm lying in bed and I can't sleep. I don't cry often, but I just start to sob. I don't know if it's the sleep deprivation or the fear or whatever. I don't know if it's the whole compounding of a year, but I'm just like over it. I'm lying in my bed. And so I've got to go to the bathroom and I try to make my way out to the, uh, to the bathroom and halfway I just like drop on the ground and I roll onto my back and I just start crying on the ground. All seriousness, my wife is beautiful, incredibly supportive. And in her sickness, she gets out of bed and she lies down next to me on the, on the ground. And she holds my hand and we begin to pray. And I can't put it in any other way. As we made a decision in that moment to trust in Jesus when I was more scared than ever, it felt like 
the joy of the Lord start to flow through my hand that was lifted into my being. And I'm telling you now, something that was so lost in December 2020 was restored. And from December, come on, mid-December 2020 to this point right now, I want to testify to you. I have not experienced as much joy and peace and confidence and inner gladness. Come on, praise Jesus right now, because this is a testimony of His goodness and His grace. And it's going to be your testimony too. As you trust in Him. Don't point fingers. Look in His direction. Don't try to solve the world's problems with your social media post or that Facebook video that you feel like you need to share with me. Open up your Bible. Don't hunker down waiting for Jesus to come in the clouds. Stand tall. Point in His direction and let Him know that God's glory is going to be seen as you trust in Him. Your life gets filled with joy. Can someone say a good amen with that? Come on, if you're going to praise Him, praise Him right. Come on, put your hands together for Him. So much joy. Huh. So just a simple word for my Battle Creek family. God's restoring your joy. Come, I want you to turn to your neighbors and just let them know God's restoring your joy. Come on, husbands and wives, look at each other and hey, baby, God's restoring your joy. I'm going to show you tonight. Uh, God's restoring joy. Come on, people. Amen. Come on, laughter. Smiles in the storm. Trust in the trial. He's restoring your joy. As we wrap up our time, in my remaining four minutes and 14 seconds with you, I like to do two simple things. Number one, I would love the chance to pray with someone in this room or on one of our campuses or even online. Because over the last 32 minutes, you've been asking yourself this question. Number one, Like, where did this guy learn how to speak such great English? Number two, you've been asking, what is his workout routine? Number three, you've been wondering what it's like to actually have Jesus in your life. And my friends, I'm here to let you know that's all Christianity is. (laughs) Some of you all have heard an erroneous description of Christianity. It's not about rules or regulations. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's not about jumping through religious hoops or clearing legalistic bars. It's about recognizing that God loves you and comes to find you exactly where you are. And if you would open up your heart to Him, He will enter in. And He will bring life, freedom, and joy. So it's a matter of you opening up your heart's door to Him. So right now there are people in this room watching online in one of our campuses And your mind is racing and your heart is beating fast. And you're asking this question, is this what it feels like to have God knock on my heart's door? And the answer is yes, yes, a million times yes. That's what it feels like. And what I'd love you to do is to allow me to lead you in a simple prayer. Come on, that heaven will hear and will change everything. So with every eye closed and every heart open, 
If that's you right now and you know you don't have the presence of Jesus in your life because you've never personally invited Him. You've heard about Jesus. You've talked about Jesus. Your parents were all about Jesus, but you haven't experienced relationship with Him yourself. When I count to three, in this room and on every single campus, and if you're watching online, just lift your hand high in the sky. If you want to invite Jesus to be the center of your life, filling you with hope, filling you with joy, when I count to three, lift your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand. I see your hand, 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 I see your hand. Hands up everywhere, that's amazing. I see your hand, yes sir, I see your hand, yes ma'am. I see your hand in there as well. Hands there, I see your hand there as well. And all of our campuses, I'm sure hands are going up. Let's pray this prayer out loud all together, especially if you lifted your hand. Let's do it all out, out loud. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Help me by your spirit. Live now for your glory. Thank you for this joy. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the people who lifted theirs? Wow. That was incredible. Now, there's going to be a campus pastor out in each of your campuses to help you with your next steps. We want you to know we're pumped about your jump, but we're committed to your journey. Uh, in this room, the uh, broken arrow, isn't it? That's where I am. I'm going to be hanging around. I'm going to pop a mint, and we're going to have a conversation. If you lifted your hand, I'm, say, I'm like full of antibodies. I'm telling you now, had some vaccination action. I'm, I'm, I'm good if you're good, okay? I would love to connect with you. For the rest of you, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, and I do this seriously, if you know that you have less joy now than you did at the start of 2020. And you know you need some joy restored. The Bible tells us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And there's nothing as humbling as just saying out loud with people watching, you know what, that's me. So can we just hold God to His promise? And if you're saying, you know what, I need some joy in my life right now because I've lost some of it and it's impacting my family, it's impacting my marriage, it's impacting my business, it's impacting just the way that I see life. Can I just knit faith with you and believe that God's gonna restore it? Can we do that together? So with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. If that's you and you're saying, you know what, I need my joy restored, would you lift your hand high in the sky right now? Wow. Jesus, you promised you promised that you would give grace to the humble. So grace and joy right now in Jesus' name for my friends. Smiles come back, laughter be turned up. Sackcloth gone, a new fit of joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. 90 seconds. 90 seconds. And then we're going back to our campus pastors. Please, if you have a teenager right now and they haven't signed up yet for youth camp, I am so busting in my spirit to share something that I want to share with every single teenager. So if you have like a 15-year-old kid and he's being resistant, grab that kid, drag him off that Xbox. I don't care if his pants be hanging down around here. Throw them in the trunk of your car and drop them off at church. It's the greatest gift you'll give them. We're going to party 
this week at youth camp. Hey, God bless you. Here's the joy. Come on.